This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good morning, everyone. Thank you very much for coming. Once again, I want to thank the Chafetz Chaim Heritage Foundation and, and Michael Rothschild for an amazing, amazing Shabbos. Um, it was very, very special. I took this morning's shir very seriously. I actually called my mother for a bracha also. So whoever was here much Friday night knows what I'm talking about. Um, okay, so we have like 30 minutes, so I'll try to make this as fast as I can. Uh, so the, the, the title was How to Deal with Difficult People. Um, I took that to me and had it difficult with myself. But um, I'm, I'm not going to speak about that much because I have something else that I really want to bring to the floor. Um, one of the questions that was asked by Rav Shmuel, um, asked to Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, um, one of the ladies that was sitting there asked a question. Um, she said Rav Wallerstein spoke about um, recognizing your children, giving them recognition and acceptance. How does one do that? Um, so I'm going to talk about that. But before before we go to that, um, I just want to talk for two minutes about Rus. So um, as you can tell by this point, I'm very into this Megillas Rus. Um, there is so much to be learned because Megillas Rus is the beginning of the Aim HaMalchus and the Av HaMalchus and the, the parents of Mashiach and the parents of David HaMelech. And if we could understand who they were, then we can understand that must be the, the epic parents in the world, the parents of Mashiach, then we can understand how we need to be. So I just want to talk about this for a minute. Um, so one of the Rabbanon, I don't know if it was Rabbi Shapiro, but um, I'm very into, the, into every moment. I'm very into time. Time is my, like, I, I like to talk about time, and that's why I'm so anti-technology and anti-phones. Um, I don't talk about it regarding... The Yiddishkeit point of view, that's very simple. Lashon Hara, pornography, all their stuff. You don't need me to give you a schmooze on that. That's for sure. But the, the, the waste of time, that's something that people don't think about. Because the only thing that a person in this world cannot live without for even a millionth of a second is time. You can live without... Well, some people can live without eating for a second. right? You can live without eating, you can live without drinking, you can live without oxygen, you can hold your breath. Right, one of the girls in my seminary, when I said, what, what can you not live without for even a millionth of a second? She said, love! I'm like, that's great. But um, I know a lot of people that live with no love. And another girl who wanted to get an extra credit on Yahadot said, Hashem! And I'm like, well, I know a lot of atheists out there who have no connection to God. So the answer is time. When you have no more time, you're not here anymore. That's it. Your time is written. When you don't have a second left in your life, you're not here anymore. You're in the next world. So the most precious thing that a human being has, and I talk about this all the time, is time. And that's why it's called the, the present. Because it's the greatest present that a person can have. And every single second. And the value of time in, a, in the Jewish world, there's a man, he's 90 years old, Great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, finished shots ten times, built buildings for yeshivas, and Nebuchadnezzar had a major stroke, and he's totally brain-dead. They did every single test on him. He's 100% brain-dead. He's on a respirator. He's on a heart pump. He's on, he's on a, f- a feeding tube. He's not here. He's just not here. And Nebuchadnezzar is this 21-year-old boy in a car accident. His wife is in her ninth month. He never finished shots. He never built a building. He's got his whole life ahead of him. And he has a lacerated liver. And he's not going to make it. But if they can take the liver from the old man, 
and put it into the kid, he is going to make it. So they went to a Rav and they said, can we take the old man's liver? He's brain dead. He's done everything he needed to do in his life. We could save this 21, his wife's pregnant in her ninth month. And the Rav said, absolutely not. You can't. You're not allowed to. That's the halacha. So, one second in this world, brain dead, on every single machine, is so valuable that you can't give an organ to another Jew to save their life. So I asked the question, well, my she's brain dead. Why? So, what could he do in the world? What's his potential? Life is potential. What's this man's potential? He has no potential. He can't dive and he can't talk. He has no potential. So I was giving this class in my seminary, in Ateras Nava, and I asked the girls, why, we, why can't we take this liver? This man has no potential. And one girl raised her hand. There were a lot of answers, but they were all wrong. But one girl raised her hand, she's brilliant, and she said, Rabbi Wallerstein, if that was my grandfather, I don't care what the doctors say, I would be saying to heal him every single day for him. So his potential laying there dead, sort of, is that he's causing someone else to daven. So even laying there brain dead, his potential is, but his family is still davening and still hoping and still having to be talking and still doing mitzvahs for him. People don't understand the value of a second, the value of a minute of a brain dead person. Hashem, everyone here is not. Our brains are working. The value of a second. And the hardest thing to give to a human being is not money. People buy their kids everything. And their wives everything. Well, some of us. But when they want our time, it's when we struggle. Because it's my time. That's the most precious thing I have. And you want the most precious thing? You want me to share the most precious thing I have, which is time? It is so hard. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm not that old. I'm not that young. You're supposed to scream out from this side, you look so young. <laughs> In L.A. I said this speech, and they were like screaming, no, you're young. I go back to L.A. every two weeks now. <laughs> I want to tell you all that in the 40 years that I'm in Chinuch, he doesn't look that way. Okay. <laughs> and dealing in Shalom Bias, and a lot of my Talmidim are married, and I deal a lot in Shalom Bias. The biggest problem in relationships with God, with siblings, with children, with husband and wives, this is the biggest problem. Not willing to give time. And this lady asked her, Shmuel, what does that mean, recognition? When Rabbi Wallace said, give your child recognition, when, when Rus said to Boaz, Hakireni, what's a chemei necha, because you recognize me, what does that mean? It means that he stopped and he spoke to her. The Galahadar is in his field and he gave her time. And in that time, once you're willing to give time, there is so much that you can do. So the answer to that girl's question is, what does it mean 
to show acceptance and to give recognition to a child, it means that you're willing to give them your time. I had a couple that came to my house. I have couples that are married 12 years, 30 years, three months, and two days. Not three months and two days, but three months or two days. And it's always the same story. I always let the lady speak first, because I'm smart. (laughs) And I'm like, you guys are married 12 years. Why are you here with four kids, five kids? And every woman says the same thing, guys. I'm like, Wallerstein, do you know why we're here? Once upon a time, this guy loved me. I think. He doesn't love me anymore. And I can't be in a marriage where I don't feel loved. And every guy reacts the same way. You see? She's the problem. (laughs) What do you mean I don't love you? I don't know why guys say this. What do you mean I don't love you? I pay the mortgage. I just bought you a car. I pay all the bills. I give you a credit card. Because we think that's what it means. Because we'll do anything but give time. And she says, when I was single, my father paid the mortgage. And he also got me a car. You think that's why I married you? And he's like, well, then why did you marry me? She says, because I want just to spend the rest of my life with you. I just want some of your time. You're playing ball. You're learning. You're in business. You're on the phone. I'm the last one on your list, and you don't even get to me. So I'm like, we can fix this. And Wallace, they can fix this. This is easy. She's communicating. <coughs> okay. So listen, go away for three days. Go away for three days together. Leave your phones in my house. Get your mother-in-law to babysit. Depending which one I'm talking to with which mother-in-law. But okay. The grandmother should babysit. And, and spend three days together. Without your phones. So the, boy, the guy looks at me. I'm going to say it in, in Yiddish, but then I'll explain it to them. Or in Hebrew. I don't know if it's Yiddish. The guy looks at me and goes, Three days? I'm like, yeah, three days. He goes, Ritzufim? Do they have to be in order? I'm like, we got a problem. So it's like, I could take one day off, and then maybe in three months another day, and then maybe, and she's looking at him, she's like, you, you, you just don't get it. That's what they want. They just want the most precious thing we have, which is time. And there are guys that also need time from their wives. They're on the phone with their friends, they're on the phone with this one, they're on the phone with that one. The guy comes home from work. It's, it's not one-sided. It's not one-sided. It's, it's double-sided. And our kids, that's really what they want. You, what does it mean to recognize someone? It means to give them the most precious thing you have, and the most precious thing you have is time. And you know what? You can tell them you love them, and you can buy them things, and you can buy them rings and chains. I know a very, very wealthy guy, and I got a call from his daughter. And she said, I need to meet her somewhere because she can't not let her parents know. And the kid was, Mama, shaking. And I met this girl. She was 17 years old. I said, what's going on? She said, my father came home. And it's my mother, their anniversary. And he bought her a crazy, crazy diamond bracelet. And he came home, but he came home late because he was supposed to go somewhere, whatever it is. And he gave her the bracelet. And all the kids were in the kitchen. And he gave her the bracelet. And she took the bracelet and said, you think this is what I want? You think this is what it's all about? Because you have money? 
You never give me any time. You're always busy with everyone else. And she threw it at him in front of this girl. And this kid went into total trauma. And I'm like, yeah. I understand where she's coming from. So if we want to know what it means to give recognition, what Boaz did for Rus was he stopped. He stopped talking to the kite stream. He focused on this girl. And he said, VT, I know about you. I know what you went through. I know you're a Nachria, but I know the chesed that you did. And someone said to me something amazing last night. He says, you know why you read Megillah's Rus on, on Shavuos? Because we start off Svira with chesed shebechesed, and we end Svira with malchus shebemalchus, and the beginning of Rus is chesed, as she says, as, as Boaz said, I saw the chesed you did for your mother-in-law, and the mother-in-law thanked Rus for the chesed she did. So the beginning of Rus is chesed, and the end of Rus... Is the, is the birth of David Amalek is Malchus. That's why we read Rus. And how did this whole thing happen? Because one man decided that I'm giving this kid, who seems to be a little bit different than the rest of the girls here, I'm just going to give her a, a moment of my time to console her because I know that she's coming, she's a, gi- a Giyaris and it's not easy. And she's looked at different and who knows, you know, what a resume if she's ever going to get a Shidduch. And she ends up getting the Shidduch of the century. So the answer to that girl's question yesterday is, yeah, if you want to give somebody, if you give somebody time, you give them recognition. And if you, if you walk out of this Shabbaton, okay, and you, and you walk out with this, and you understand what I'm to- talking about, because everyone's kids are off the derech, and all the situations can be fixed with one thing. Take your phone and turn it off, because God gave you a, a living human being to either be married to and to have children and that piece of metal has no life it's dead it's a piece of metal and whatsapp and all this garbage has no life it's just the satan getting you to give up the most precious thing that you have which is time that's all he wants you should waste your time and, and before Yom Kippur, I said to everybody, I said, there's a new din v'cheshben. You're coming to Hashem, and you're begging Him to give you 365 days, to give you a year. And the Satan pulls out and says, what? So she should be on WhatsApp for another 10 years? 10 hours? That he should be busy on his phone, on Yeshiva world? Reading about all the catastrophes, and all the Lush and Harav, all the guys that are going to jail? And all this, that's what Hashem's giving you time for? He's sitting there. He gives you the phone. We know the satan. He gives you the phone, and then he prosecutes you. And last night, to watch Rav Gav, about what happens when you forward these messages that you think it's, not, it's, it's funny, and it's making fun of someone. This is why you daven on your kippur for time? It's the most precious thing that we have. You have to use it correctly. Get rid of that phone. At least make up with your children that the first hour that your husbands are home, that you, that you guys are home, that everyone should take their phone when they sit down to dinner. Somebody asked me, what's the difference between, how come so many kids are off the dark? I'm going to tell you the most ridiculous answer, which is 100% true. Everyone's looking for the big answer. How come my generation, right, we didn't have therapists, we didn't have medicine, we weren't committing suicide, we were at OTD and all the other letters that they have. What's the deal? So everyone's looking for a very deep answer. You know what the deal is? We used to sit in my generation together when we ate supper. There was such a thing once upon a time. 
Because you came home, when your father came home, you waited like an hour after school, and you all ate supper together at the same table. Wow! And even sometimes breakfast. And I'm not talking about Shabbos. There's no together anymore. Kid eats pizza on the way home. He's not even hungry when he gets home. The father, who knows what he eats with his friends. By the time he gets home, the food is cold, and the mother is, is on a diet, so she's not eating anyway altogether. Right? There's no family. There's no family. Why, could, why shouldn't the kid go off to Derek? He, he has no father. He has no mother. Everyone's busy. He has no Derek. I say, what do you mean off the Derek? He has no Derek. You have to have a Derek to get off the Derek. You don't have a Derek. There is no Derek. So one hour, I spoke in Panama. Right? I spoke in Panama, and I was, the first time I was there, and I had all these men and women in the room. I said, I want you to give one hour when you get home. Everybody should have a basket, right? Take your phone, turn it off, put it in the basket. The kids should see that the parents are willing to turn off their phones. The parents should see that the kids are willing to turn off their phones. One hour. That's it. One hour. And then, whatever happens, but you have to turn off the phone, because if it buzzes, then people are going to have withdrawal, and they're going to go crazy, and whose phone was buzzing, and I don't know. It's not going to work. You have to turn off the phone. So I have these, like, 200 people in the room, and I'm like, okay, so who's going to take this on, the Shabbaton, when, when, you, when you go home, Sunday night, you're going to do the one-hour thing. And two guys raise their hand. And, like, maybe three women. And I'm like, I just want everyone in this room to know that you are all sick. And these Panamanians are looking like, what? I say, you're addicted? And you're sick. If you can't turn off your phone for an hour to be with your family, you're normal. You're sick. They never invited me back. <laughs> it's been eight years. But I'm telling you, you're sick. You have a wife, you have a husband, you have children. Hashem gave you there's so many. I spoke at eight time. They had a Shabbaton. I spoke at eight time. They said, listen, right, whilst the one thing you're not allowed to talk about is chinuch. Whole Shabbos. You're not allowed to tell you one word about Chinuch because there's not one person in the Shabbaton that has a kid. I was like, what? You cannot talk about Chinuch. I went to that Shabbaton. It was silent. There was no kids running around. It was the saddest Shabbaton I ever spent in my life. So Hashem gave you a child. He gave you a Pichadon. And you're like, this is more important than, than this little child? So if that's the case, you're sick. There's nothing wrong with you. Gave you a wife. You stood under a chuppah. I, ha- I have this weird thing that I do. That when the when the boy breaks the glass, I'm right up on top of the chuppah. Because when they lift her veil, the two, the chassan and kala, whoever's single in this room, you should have that look. Amen. Amen. That guy's going to get married very fast. <laughs> we'll take the girl with the amen in that corner. After the share, we'll meet outside. So I stand there and I look because it's a very interesting thing. You can watch this. So when they lift her veil, she looks at him. He looks at her, right? It's a second. And they go, Malutov, everyone's yelling. But there's a second like, he makes sure it's her, she makes sure it's him, right? (laughs) They look at each other and there's no one else in the room. There's a thousand people in the room. There's no one else in the room. And I try to capture that look. Why? Because it says that when Mashiach comes, because Shboch is going to stand and Har Habayis, he is the chassan, and Klai Yisrael is going to walk up through Yushalayim, and the Goyim on the sides are all going to stand up, and there's going to be a moment where God's going to look at us, and he's going to say, they are one. They're the only one. There's a whole world, all kinds of stuff going on. No. This is my kawa, and we're going to look at Hashem, 
for the first time in such a long time, and he's the only one. And I try to capture what that moment's going to be, and you capture it when you wash a chassid and kahal. So all of us had that moment under the chuppah where she was, she was it. That's why we say, Hariat Mekadek, what's it called? Um, he says, Rav Shimshi says, why do, you, why do you use the word Kedushin? Right? That's how you make an animal holy. Sorry. So, so why do you use that word? Why do you use, it? Why do you use the word Kaina? I'm Kaina her. Why do, you, why do you use the word that you're Mekadesh something? So he said something beautiful. He said, this guy had an amazing business deal. And in the old times, he wanted to bring a carbon toilet to thank Hashem. So he goes into his barn, and he looks for the biggest, fattest cow that he could give to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a, as a, as a, as a carbon toilet. Right? So he picks his most expensive animal, and he says, You are Makudosh to the Mizbeach. And all of a sudden, he comes home, he's all happy, tomorrow I'm going to bring my carbon. And he gets a message, Sorry, we changed our mind, no deal. What's the halacha? Halacha is that he still has to bring that carbon. Once he makes it kaidish, he can't change it. But he wants the deal. So the Chazal answers, why is he mechaev? Because the moment that they made the deal, that happiness happened. So even though now he found out that the deal is no good, but at that moment it happened. So when it happened, he made it kaidish. That'll, that'll never change. So Rav Shimshim Pikis, that when a man marries a woman... He says, Harry Atmakudeshously, that moment happened. And that will never change, just like the carbon. So even later on, if they're struggling and stuff is happening, but it doesn't change the moment that they're under the chuppah. What a moment, what a crazy moment. And then we stop, and that's it. We don't give each other any more time. It's over. So the marriage is over. And we don't give our children any time. Because they know you can buy them all the stuff you want to buy them, but deep down they know my parents are not willing to give me time. They don't really love me. They're buying me off. And I'm talking to fathers. This is very, very important. I am totally off subject, by the way. In case you haven't picked up yet on this. But I say it to her before I walk in. It should come out of my mouth what they need to hear, not what I need to say. So someone in this room needs to hear this. I don't know who. Maybe it's me. But if you look at my notes, there's nothing here about this. There's nothing here about it. I want to talk to the men for a moment, then I'll talk to the women. So I deal with a lot of parents call me up and they're like, my daughter's talking to a boy. Basako girl. Now it started already in 7th grade. I used to be in 10th and 11th grade. Now it's already in 7th grade. This little girl walks in and I'm like, she should be talking to her doll. <laughs> Why is she talking to a boy? So they bring the girl to me and she's never sittering. She's coming to Robert Wallenstein. She's all scared. What's going to happen? And I'm like, you know, relax, whatever it is. You're talking to a boy. Sometimes it's more than talking to a boy. And she sits down in front of me and I'm like, I'm a makubal. And I can read the lines on your head. And they like take, put their hair, they try to put their hair down. I'm like, and you know what it says on the lines in your head? It says that you and your father don't have such a good relationship. And they're like, oh my gosh. Who told you? I'm like, when I mean that you don't have a good relationship, I'm not even saying you have a bad relationship. I'm saying you have no relationship. Does your father ever take you out to eat, just you and him? They look at me like I'm from Mars. Ever take you to a Yankee game? Yankee game? No, of course not. I'm a girl. 
Does he ever spend any time just with you? No, he learns with my brothers. We think, us men, that we're only supposed to take the chinuch of our sons. But our, our daughters, that's, that's their job. Well, let me tell you how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us. And I'm talking to you now from a lot of experience. He created us that our mothers, men, our mothers, are supposed to give us unconditional love. Women, Mothers are supposed to give their sons unconditional love. Fathers are supposed to give their daughters unconditional love, and they do. And it causes a lot of machlaikas. Because the mother's saying, her skirt's too short, get a longer skirt. And the father is like, you weren't such a big to either. <laughs> and she's like, Are you, you're married to her? Or are you married to me? And then it starts to get crazy. Right? But it's normal, ladies. The father's going to protect his daughter because that's how Hashem created us. On the other hand, the father's yelling at his son, why don't you get up for shachwiz? Why don't you do And she's like, was the last time you got up for shachwiz, right? <laughs> Same deal. She will protect her son. I'm a teacher. We know this. So when a mother comes to talk to me about her son, because I taught in a yeshiva that was co-ed, whatever, modern, modern yeshiva. So the mother would come to talk about her son. And if, you, if I would say, you know, this kid is like, he doesn't do his homework. He causes all kinds of problems. He's very hard to have in class. The mother will always say to me, you know, Rabbi Wallerstein, do you know why my son is not doing well? I'm like, no, and I know exactly what's coming. Because you don't know how to teach him. And you want to know the truth? I don't even want him in this school. Every single time. But when I tell the mother, your daughter is not doing well, and she's, she's making trouble, then the mother's like, don't worry. I'm going to take away her phone, her pillow, her blanket, her clothing. She'll never talk to anyone again. And vice versa. You tell a father about his son, he's like, hey, no more friends, no more football, no more nothing, no more shoes, no more socks, he's done. <laughs> Don't you ever tell a father about his daughter. You, you better duck. <laughs> Why does Hashem do that? Because until a girl is ready to get married, she needs to have a healthy male relationship. And that's supposed to be her father. That's the way it's supposed to be. And when a boy... His female relationship, he's a firm boy, he's not talking to girls, should have a healthy relationship with his mother. And most guys that have a good relationship with their mother have a good marriage. And most girls have a good relationship with their father have a good marriage. Because their first relationship with a male was good. Their first relationship with a woman was good. So, mothers think, uh, I don't have anything to do with my sons. Mothers need to give their sons private time. It doesn't mean taking the whole family out, because kids don't look at that as time. You took the whole family out. Mothers need to give their sons private time where they can talk to them. And guess what? Their boys are going to tell them things that they would never tell their father. And fathers, you need to give your... I don't, I don't, if you're chassidish, it doesn't make a difference what you are. You need to give your daughter private time because she really needs you. And she really needs a healthy relationship with a father because that's how Hashem created us. And then, when they get to 18 years old, that's it. Then they have to find a peer. It's no more... It's, no more, it's, it's horizontal. And if that doesn't happen, what happens is the girl doesn't have a relationship with his, her father. She's very vulnerable because her father is not telling her how beautiful and how special she is. Some guy, some hunter guy is going to come along and tell this girl, you're the most beautiful person I ever met. And since you met me, because guys are very smart today, they always were, we're we know exactly what you want to hear. And now the new thing is that since I met you, I started diving with a minion. And I started putting on tefillin. You made me so from... And, and now I talk to my mother, and the girl's like, wow, my Watson, how can I give this up? I'm like, look what I did. I'm like, you're not shaming the gear, you're chayef karez, it's great what you're doing. Just keep it up. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? Like, 
There's a yeshiva. I'm not going to say what. There's a yeshiva where most of the guys are woken up for shachwiz by their girlfriends. It's amazing. The vecca could not get them up. You can't get them up. These girls are like, get up. Like, I'm up. No, I want to hear a main. I want to know that you're in shul. Girls are smart. Right? Well, these guys get up. Their girlfriends are waking them up. I'm like, what's going on over here? She says, what do you mean? I made them from. We know. You're maternal. So if you make us from, then you can't leave us. It's a game. So this girl walks into me. I'm like, why is a 13-year-old girl talking to a boy? And it's never a 13-year-old boy. It's a 16, 17-year-old boy because she's looking for a father. And why is a 17-year-old boy talking to a 13-year-old girl? Because he's looking for unconditional female love. If he's going to go out with a 17-year-old girl, she's going to be like, why are you late? Why don't you, why don't you wear a tie? She's going to give him a hard time. But a 13-year-old girl is going to be like, wow, he shaves. <laughs> he drives a car. Oh my gosh. It's a chabrusa. It's amazing. You don't want that to happen to your kids. So mothers, give some time to your kids, to your sons and fathers. You want to have a healthy daughter? Give your daughter time. Okay, I got the sign. I do have one minute because I know the rabbi's coming at 35. So I want to end with this. Oh, that's a great story today. Okay, next time. I want to end with this. To end, to close this program. Tell it to you very, very fast. I have two minutes. There was a king and he had a daughter. And he wanted to get her married and everybody wanted to marry the daughter. But you know who to pick. So he built a big, 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 big tower with a thousand steps, huge wide steps and he built this tower and he said at sunset everybody can race up the tower at sunrise you have to be up there on the top step. If you make it to the top step you get the princess. Okay? But if you don't make it to the top steps, even if you're on the 998 step, when the sun comes up you get nothing. Okay, all 2,000 guys, they all want to marry the princess, they get on the bottom, they start running up these huge steps. And the 200 step, all the guys that are out of shape, they couldn't breathe anymore, they're not going to say they can't do that because guys don't do that. So they started a whole rumor that there is no princess on the top and it doesn't exist and the whole thing's a bluff and the king's going to be sitting on the bottom when the sun comes up and he's going to be laughing his head off because all these guys are going to be strung on all these steps and they didn't get the princess. So all the guys that need an excuse because they couldn't do it anyway, like, yeah, that must be true. And everybody starts running down because they're out of shape. There's two guys that are in shape. They're on the 700 step. There's an hour left. I never said the story this fast. There's an hour left. Two guys left on the 700 step. And they're looking at each other. One says to the other, you know what? We have one hour left. We can't make it. No way. But we're the best guys in shape. So it was true. The king set up set us up for failure and I bet you there's no princess up there I'm going to run down when the sun comes up I'm not going to be here nobody can make fun of me and the other guy said one second I'm telling you I know the king the king has no sense of humor he don't make jokes <laughs> number two he, I worked for him for five years he's the most honest guy in the world whatever he says goes it's impossible so the other guy turns around and he runs down and this guy's standing there like many of us on the 700 step and we're struggling in life and Hashem gave us all these promises and how's this going to happen and it's impossible and he's like what should I do I don't know what to do and he's looking up at this tower and he's like I don't know, maybe if I'm just the only guy left, he'll give me the princess. So I'm just going to keep going. He takes the next step, the 704 step, there's a trigger, it opens up, there's an elevator. He gets into the elevator, like, he, he turns around to his friend who's running off the steps and he screams down, Oh my gosh, you shouldn't have left! Elevator! The guy's running as hard as he can, all he hears is, Err! He thinks his friend just fell off the steps. Anyway, he gets into the elevator, there's champagne, candles, flour, the elevator goes zipping up, he pushes the button, says P for princess, gets to the top... <laughs> As he, steps, as he steps off the top, his friend steps off the bottom. And many times people tell me, my, my, my daughter, she was in 10th grade with her best friend. My daughter's, my daughter's a boss. She's, she's, she's Michal Shabbos. She's, she's wearing pants. She's totally off the derech. And her best friend who was in the same class at the same time, she's a tzaddikist. She just came back. How does this happen? Right? 
Same place, 700 step, one's off, one's on. Anyway, the princess is there. She says, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. She says, thank me? You're the princess. I'm a peasant. Thank you. She goes, no. My father said, if nobody makes it to the top, I'm stuck here for the rest of my life. There's no shit up for me. And I saw you guys. I saw everybody running off the steps. I said, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be stuck. Then there's two of you. And you're talking to each other. Then your friend runs down. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you can't leave me here. And then you're looking at me. You don't see me, but you're looking at me. And I'm trying to put in your head, take another step, take another step. Because I knew it was a 700 step. Thank you so much for coming. And I have a surprise. She says, what's your surprise? He says, there's someone else here. He says, who's here? She goes, my father never told anyone. I have a twin sister. Oh, no, my friend, who ran down the steps. He runs out and he screams, twin sister! Er, okay. <laughs> End of story. I got to go. What am I saying? Why am I telling you this story? Because this is the story of Shavuos. Hashem had a princess. And he wanted to give it to someone. And everybody said no. Everybody <laughs> turned around. The Torah, nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. We, we, Kaisrol, coming up, Shavuos, we said, yes! And the princess, the Torah says, you're thanking me because I'm a clay chemda, I'm beautiful, but I want to thank you, every Jew, because every one of you, if you wouldn't have made it to the top of the steps, Hashem would have destroyed the world because there would have been no Torah for anybody. Listen to me, everyone. I'm talking to you from my experience. Don't ever get off the steps because the next step is the one that has the elevator. Just take another step. And that's what this whole Shabbaton was about. Just when you leave this place, don't turn around and run off, this, run off the steps. Don't get back on your phone. I dare anyone in this room that from when you leave till you get home, you turn your phone off. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not calling you sick if you don't, right? But I don't think it's going to happen. Show yourself that you got something. Turn your phone off for an hour. But my mother can't find me. My, there was a day a million years ago when we didn't have phones. And they believe me, when I didn't want my parents to find me, they found me okay, without the phone. It was an amazing Shabbos. Take the next step. The next step in life is the one that has the elevator. And that's what spirit is, step by step by step. Machus Shabbos, the queen is on the top. We're getting the queen in Mirza Hashem. And may we all... To see Mashiach from here be amazing. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.